0: One of the things we saw this morning in intercession was I saw new leaves being added to this table you see because God's prepared a table you know I speak to this every time I come here if you have an enemy in your life I many if you have some just some things opposing you just some things that you know adversaries in the gates let me tell you if you have an enemy I guarantee you in the name of the Lord Jesus there's a table between you and them I said it before, I'll say it every time I come. He says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, okay? He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When we find that place of fellowship and we find his face in the midst of the storm, it says in the light of the King's face, there's life and his favor is like the cloud of latter rain. And I'll tell you all of a sudden, you know what makes your enemy the the angriest is when when his favor falls on your face. Oh man, it'll tick them off. It'll do more than that, but since it's going out, that's all I'll say. <laughs> but listen, I'm telling you, the favor that's getting ready to come to this house is going you know, to so infuriate the enemy. You're, you're going to, listen, the warfare that's coming is going to be favor-based. Listen, I'm telling you, you're about to praise God for what you've prayed got prayed for. I'm telling you, God is going to take you from a place, prayer will always, listen, there will always be fire on the altar, prayer will always be a foundation, but I'm telling you, God is taking you from a place of prayer and to a place of praise, and favor will be the new weapon of your warfare. And the posture will be, take that devil. Psalm 512 says, he surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. He surrounds, what? Favor. Hello? Favor. 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 Say favor. Listen. I'll tell you, it's a weapon, but you got to use it, right? Listen, you're in a showdown at high noon. All of a sudden you walk your 10 paces. It's the first to pull, right? You got to start pulling on favor when favor pulls on you. Zechariah 10.1 says this. It says, in the time of rain, ask for rain. That means when God is beginning to move, move God right? It says his favor is like the cloud of latter rain. Zechariah 10.1 in the New American Standard says, in the time of the latter rain, ask for rain. Say, ask for rain. See, and when when God begins to show some favor to us, there's a false humility and a religious political spirit that tries to all of a sudden come in from behind and be like, you better just slow your roll, son. No, that's when you go for the jugular and say, bless God, I'm the king's kid. I'm not taking some, I get all. It's all mine. Amen? Now this, this isn't a bless me, this is a bless him, amen? It's not a bless me gospel, but you gotta recognize Proverbs eleven eleven says, by the blessing the upright of is exalted. David prayed, oh Lord, that you would cause your face to shine upon me, that you would bless me, that your ways be known in the earth and your salvation among the nations. See, God is looking for a people who can appropriately steward the blessings of God in a faithful way to where all of a sudden, Jesus can be lifted up and there could be not only natural resource to finance the kingdom, but also there'd be enough resource to make the Jew jealous think about it. Think about it. Shaka la bousaka. Remember one time we were in a meeting at Morningstar and, and, uh, we were, it was kind of a behind the scenes, we were talking about some stuff and uh, Rick had shared with Bob Weiner what we got the property for at Heritage and he's like, you've made the Jew jealous you know, <laughs> and uh, that's a good day, you know, that's Isaiah 60 amen, and see there's something of, of blessing that we're called to walk in as faithful stewards, First Corinthians 4, 1 and 2 says let a man who so considers as a servant of Christ amen, stewards of the mysteries of God, but a steward must first be found faithful, and what is it that God often uses to test our faithfulness Finances. But Jeremy sang it tonight. I leaned over to Tina. I said, that is a, Man, that is a word. You cannot outrisk his faithfulness. That was the message. That's it. You can't outrisk. And then all of a sudden, Jared comes behind that with that, your faithfulness. Listen, the message is God is faithful. He will not fail. He cannot fail. It's up to you about how far do you want to take him. How far do you want to take him? Because I saw on these new leaves that were being added to this table, I saw on these new leaves that were being added to this table that God was going to begin to release cornucopias with each new leaf. And so as we were in prayer earlier, as we were in prayer earlier, I saw Anne-Marie, which speaks of administration, and there's an administrative gift that's getting ready to add leaves to this table, okay? How many of you, you know, you know like Thanksgiving or Christmas, you go over to grandma's, and they're adding leaves for the table so there'll be more seats at the table. And I saw these leaves. I said, God, what are these leaves? He said, they're for the healing of the nations. And I'll tell you, if you can make room for the nations, the nations will then make room for you. But God is getting ready. This really will be a place of house of prayer for all nations. There's getting ready to be a strong Asian influence, a stronger African-American influence. I miss my man reward. We'll have to check on him before I go. But, the, uh, but God is getting ready to release an all nations anointing on this house. But you're going to have to make room. Some of it's going to be a cultural room that you're going to make room for. There's going to be a celebration and embracing of different cultures in one place as well. And I'll tell you, if we can embrace those cultures, God will keep adding leaves to the table, and with every leaf came a new cornucopia. A new cornucopia. Now a cornucopia is what? A horn of plenty. Psalm 92.10 says, you've exalted my horn like a wild ox. What does a horn do? It brings amplification to your sound, but it also speaks of strength. And see, God, it says in Psalm 82, that out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants, thou hast perfected praise and ordained strength. And I'll tell you, praise in prayer is going to release strength to this house because of the joy that it carries. There's, there's a new level of praise that is coming to this house that is gonna release a new strength that is gonna be first felt in the natural. God is going to begin to release such an anointing uh, for healing out of worship and out of praise to strengthen natural bodies. You're about to see bone conditions, uh, especially people coming in with the fibro and just fatigue, chronic fatigue, uh, just a tiredness, a weariness in the bone and the muscle and the ligaments. That's, the, that's where God's going to start. But it's going to come in praise. It's going to come in worship. God's going to begin to impart part natural strength. And then it's going to move into a creative realm where it's going to begin to touch joints, especially in the ankles, the knees, and the feet. And I'm telling you, if you can begin to document this stuff, you can begin to look for it in services. It's going to become a timeline for you and a prophetic calendar of where you are and what's coming next. Because he's going to perfect praise and he's going to ordain strength in this house. But what is our strength? The joy of the Lord. Let's get to our message cornucopia. When do you set out of cornucopia? Thanksgiving. What's the day before Black Friday? Thanksgiving. The Lord told me, and again, you can see this really in good detail if you go look at the the article on the Elijah list or on our website or anything like that. uh, The Lord told me the key to the back stocking of the storehouse to see the shelves of this house and other apostolic storehouses that were being set up right now and established in outlet form. The key to see them stocked was Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving would always precede the opening of the storehouse. You can't have Black Friday without having Thanksgiving. You gotta shake off that turkey and get there at 3 a.m. But let me tell you else what's going to happen. It's not going to be just stock to the shelves because I mean, God doesn't just do something to do something. He does it for a purpose. I'll tell you, there's a harvest that needs to come in. There's a harvest that is so desiring that someone, listen, they're, they're saying, listen, who is this man Christ Jesus? I'll tell you, this city is full of Ethiopian eunuchs riding around in their chariots saying, how can I believe if no one tells me? They're, they're, they're reading, they're searching, and then all of a sudden they're having Phillips just pop in just be translated right into their midst. And they're saying, hey, listen, I was just reading Isaiah. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, they don't need a bottle of water. They need Jesus. They need Jesus. Paul said in Romans one, don't pucker up on me because I'm preaching good. Romans one sixteen. This this is what listen. This is what Paul said. He said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it, what the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation, healing, deliverance, and prosperity for all who believe. First the Jew and then the Gentile. Say, I'm not ashamed. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you, God is getting ready to put a sweetness on the name Jesus in our mouth that will overcome the oppression of the enemy in every life you can touch. I want to tell you the key to joy is the name Jesus. I can't say it without chuckling to myself. I can't say, listen, you, you, you got on you, didn't it? It did. Look, she's snorting back there. Do this with me. Okay, this is the class participation part. Say Jesus. Come on now. You you can't say it without grinning ear to ear. Like, don't just say it like, Jesus. Don't, no, (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, like just another name. I want you to say it and feel it, Jesus. You feel what just comes to you? Say it again. There's no other name. Come on, say it again, Jesus. Did you say Mufasa? Mufasa. That's fun to say, too. That's fun to say. I'll tell you another fun word to say is exhort. That's just a fun exhort. It's just a fun word to say. That'll make you smile. (laughs) Jesus. Exhort. Encourage. Edify. Exhort. It's fun. Ain't it fun, baby? Come on, tell them it's fun. Fun. It's fun. How How much fun? So fun. So fun. (laughs) Come on, say Jesus. 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 No other name. I'll tell you, in his presence, there's fullness. Whoa! In his presence, there's fullness. In his presence, there's fullness. Joy. What do what what do you do if you if you are desiring someone's presence? What if what do I do if I'm standing up here and I want Jeremy to stand with me? Do I say, "Hey, uh, Emory"? No, I say, "Jeremy, come here, come here." (laughs) Next time, I'm calling you, (laughs) Emory. See, he comes when he's called. Ashley taught him that. (laughs) Listen, we've got to move beyond judicial truth to experiential truth and move beyond the fact that he's just omnipresent and say, Lord, I know you're everywhere, but sometimes I want to feel you with me. And I'll I'll tell you, Jesus, listen, he pops up when you say his name, doesn't he, Jeremy? He does, man. Hey, listen, I don't care how far, how far stuck your stick is in the mud, Jesus will unstick you tonight. It's the joy of the Lord. Listen, I'm telling you, the gospel is good news. It's not a bad report. It's not telling people where they're going. It's telling people, it's it what Jeremy's saying. It. Listen, he didn't come to earth, he didn't come to earth to get us into heaven. He came to earth to get heaven into me nothing going to put a smile on my face like heaven and me. Amen? But how are they going to get heaven in them if they don't have the name because the name is the door? He said, I am the door. No one comes to the Father except by me. Anybody else who tries to get in, they're a robber and a thief. I'll tell you, you know, showing someone, demonstrating the love of Christ and not preaching the gospel and telling someone about Jesus is like coming up to somebody's table with a dessert cart and being like, ain't it awesome? <laughs> that's what happens we're teasing them the kingdom of God has come near and now it's far again sorry about that my bad it's a perverted gospel listen you can't love without truth there's a perverted gospel out there saying oh listen we're just gonna love people you know what yes the world will know we're his disciples by the way that we love one another but Paul said that we had to speak truth and love and my truth has a name and his name is Jesus. And to bring someone to the point of experiencing the kingdom of God and saying, catch you next time you got a sign of steel. We'll see you, we'll be back. Same corner, same time, same place. It's not right. There's no risk connected with that gospel, but you can't outrisk his faithfulness see are we more concerned about falling on our face or having them encounter his? Ain't that right, Daisy? Come on now. Joy, 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 joy. Down in her heart. Folks, it's time to see where? It's time to serve the Lord with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. I'm telling you, if you can, listen, if we can begin to serve the Lord with joy and gladness of heart, the abundance of everything will find you. A verse for it? Job 22, 21. It says, acquaint yourself, yoke yourself with the Lord and be at peace. That just means be with him. Thereby good will come to you. Listen, so often and so often in life, the body of Christ is like a dog chasing its tail. Instead of just saying, Jesus, and letting the one who is good receive instruction from his mouth and hide up his word in your heart. Lay your gold in the dust of Ophir and allow the Lord to become your gold. Allow him to become your silver. That's the place not only of an increase of authority where it says you'll decide to create a thing and the Lord will establish it, but it also says he'll deliver one who is guilty because of the innocence and the purity of your hands. Joy. Can a nation be saved in a day? You bet. See, real love will produce peace and real peace will promote joy. And then we just work our way right through the fruit. Amen. I don't know how I got on that, but somebody need to hear it, I guess. Back to our message. <laughs> Catapult. That was the word God gave me today. This is point one. You ready? It's 8.55. When do the kids, when do we need to get kids? 9.45. I had to look it up this morning just to see, okay, Lord, what are you saying? How many of you are thankful that when, when the Lord speaks and you don't know what he's saying, there's Google? <laughs> Prophet's best friend. So I looked it up, and I, I feel like there's many of you that have been in a holding pattern. You feel like you've been pulled back and you've been bent all that you can be bent. How I many of you know, Evan Roberts prayed a prayer that transformed a nation and touched the world, and this was it. Bend me, God. Three pure words have never been prayed. He didn't say anoint me. He said, bend me. Bend me. Bend me, God. Bend me, God. Bend me, God. And see, the Lord has been bending us so that He could fill us. So that He could launch what we've been, what's been deposited in us and what we've been entrusted with catapults are used for? Overcoming the walls of your enemy. You see, there's some walls we're just looking for a way in. We need to look for a way over. You're an overcomer. How do you come over? You'd be catapulted. First catapult is a noun. It's a device in which accumulated tension is suddenly released to hurl an object forward. The Lord told me to tell you that this is a season where you're about to experience a supernatural release from the place of accumulated tension. Let me say it again. And when I say it, don't hear it, catch it. Breathe it in. Let it, let it fill your bread basket, okay? How do you do that? Jesus said in John 20, he said he breathed on the disciples to receive, receive the Holy Spirit. Why do you have to say that? Because when he breathed, they were like, what was that all about? Why'd he breathe on us? Why'd he blow on us? That was kind of weird. He said, receive. In other words, there's an opportunity and an invitation. Psalm 81 10, he said, open your mouth wide, I'll fill it, amen? So as I say this to you, it's a word that's about to catch in your spirit like a spark on dry wood. This is a season where you will experience a supernatural release from the place of accumulated tension. See, some of you had to come to your breaking point to become the breakthrough. Catapult is a verb. Oh man, I gotta go back to the noun because this is just too good. A device in which accumulated tension is suddenly, suddenly released to hurl an object forward. You know what it suddenly is? (laughs) Didn't see that coming, did you? That was sudden sudden, Tracy dropped her meds. sudden, I'm like a cat, you don't know when it's coming. Suddenly, a release. Say suddenly. You know, it's, you, know, you know what's great about sudden? It hits you when you're not looking. Want a verse for it? Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64, he says, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains of opposition would melt like wax. It talked about that your name would be known in the nations. You make your name known, not just among believers, but among your adversaries. And this is what it says, a time in which you did awesome things for which we did not look. In other words, I didn't see that coming. I want to tell you this, this is the word. If we can restore some awe to our worship, he will do some awesome things in our midst. But it requires putting reverence ahead of reputation. When was the last time you... Oh, I better not say that. I'll say it like this. David danced in a way that brought accusation from those closest to him. When was the last time? This is not a license to be crazy. We were given the Holy Spirit to be a witness, not to be weird. <laughs> That'll preach. Yes. Seriously. Problems with most churches is the greeters, but that's a whole nother thing. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. There was this thing, I put it on Facebook. It was like 10 things we hate about church that we shouldn't. And one was like the happy greeter. And he was like this little fat kid. He was just getting it. I love that kid. I was like, man, I wish I could get him in our, in our church. But the Lord is wanting to begin to move some things out of the way, to begin to move um, to move in this, this new thing the Lord's about to do with these catapults, this place of divine tension, this place where we, we um, uh, reach a point of breaking, but oftentimes the point of breaking can be found in worship. And we have to ask ourselves: when was the last time our worship offended someone else's religious spirit? The way I said it at our church is when was the last time your worship pissed somebody off? And they got it, but that's this isn't my church, so I should not say that. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthew said, "Good thing you already got the offering." Bam. <laughs> no, I'm serious. When was the last time you put your worship of him ahead of what everybody else thought? Now this is the exception to the rule. Like you guys are I before you, except after C. This is a radical group, right? Not yet. So you're radical in their eyes, but when will we become radical in his eyes? Being the radical one in the city, that's not enough. Being the radical one in heaven, that's what I'm swinging for. Come on, because the eyes of the Lord are searching throughout the earth. That's what 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says. It says they're searching throughout the earth for what? A heart that's loyal. The word loyal means complete, lacking nothing, wholly devoted, holding nothing back. What do we hold back when we come to worship? Because that's the thing he wants. John brought the word tonight. Whatever we're holding on to, that's the thing God's going after. You know what God wants from you? He doesn't need anything, but you know what he wants? The one thing you don't want him to have. For some, it's your dignity, for some, it's your money. For some, it may be your boyfriend, your girlfriend, some sort of relationship that you have that may not be pleasing in his sight, I don't know. For some, it may be how you start your day. Do you build on the rock or do you build on the sand? Do you start as a doer of what he said or do you just start, you know, we've we've got so many distractions and notifications in our life. I am the chief chief of sinners. But you know, oftentimes when we allow our day to happen to us instead of us happening to our day, we become those who are building on the sand. We we need to do that thing here about the sand and the rock. I'll tell you, it's amazing. But the Lord is wanting to retool and recalibrate some things in us because in Malachi 3, it says that there's a place in God that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Here's the problem. Some of us have not made enough room to receive an expectancy that which he wants to pour out. And the Lord is saying, if you'll make room, I'll fill the room you make it says that there will not be room enough to receive it why do we settle with the, the space that we've given to him why don't we make more room and say have at it god <laughs> give it your best shot I, this is the room i'm making because he said we could test him right we could prove him we could try him right you know and and, and it talks about in ties and offerings but i want to tell you what is your, you know matthew 6 is where your treasure is your heart is also right what's the greatest treasure we've been given jesus talked about money a lot right because he did it because he knew it had a hold of people's hearts. But treasure can be three things. Number one, it's your time. Time is the most valuable thing you'll ever have. You can get more money. Money's not. Listen, money's nothing. There'll always be more money, right? Talent, but time is something that once it's gone, it's gone. Time is the greatest treasure we've been given. Proverbs 21, 20 says there's treasure. Say Treasure oil in the dwelling of the wise. Now, who is it who's wise? He who souls. There's treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but it says a fool squanders it. How do you squander by spending on yourself? By allowing in the sands of time to float through your fingers by living our life in a place of distraction and being pulled in so many different directions that at the end of the day we have no heart left for Him because the eyes of the Lord are searching throughout the whole earth looking for a heart that is wholly devoted to Him and holding nothing back. I want to ask you tonight, what is holding your heart back? Because that's what God wants you to give up most. We'll get to that. That's the message. We're not there. But it says to those whose hearts are loyal, he'll show himself strong. The word strong there in the Hebrew means this. It means that he would attach himself. He would attach himself. He would fasten himself to you. You plus God, Hosanna, that's a majority. See, but at the end of our wilderness and at the beginning of our promise, There's always a majority of people that try to get us to turn back talking about the giants. There's always a minority that say, listen, the grapes are big. God is able. And I tell you, you're at a crossroad right now. There'll be those who will talk about why not. There'll be those who ask why. Do not answer those who ask why. Only respond to those who say, how can we? Don't waste your time with people trying to talk you out. Spend your time with those who are trying to bring you in. Ain't nobody got time for that. You Got to lay them aside. The best thing you can do, your truth and love is for you to enter in and to say, hey, come on in. The water's fine. And we just put another leaf in the table and we got a seat here with your name on it. Amen. So catapult. It's all about a season of suddenly. Say Suddenly when you don't look for it. He did awesome things for which we did not look. Look, he hurled an object forward over the wall of your enemy. I'm telling you, the things that we faced in times past, God is about to cause us to overcome opposition and to be launched into the enemy's camp. Take back what he stole from me. Come on now. It's also catapult as a verb, which means to move or spring up suddenly. Say Suddenly. Folks, it's a season of suddenlies. Quickly or to forcibly hurl or launch, which I can't say hurl without thinking of Wayne's World, but to move or spring up suddenly, quickly, or to... By the way, if we can't laugh here, where can we laugh? Seriously. Come on now. To move or spring up suddenly, quickly, or to forcibly hurl or launch something in a specified direction. See, it's not just throwing you forward to throw you forward, it's throwing you forward till you land in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. See, all throughout scripture, the word this little word called certain kept showing up. John five, in a certain place at a certain time, there was a certain pool that a certain angel would come to. God is in the details. Isaiah 119, it says, if you're willing and obedient to what? To what he tells you. You'll eat the good of the land. Oh, he knows my heart. Yeah, it's deceitfully wicked above all things. Good luck. Acts 5.32 says that he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey him. Resistance. Resistance means it's, excuse me, the place where you have experienced resistance Resistance, I want to tell you this. Resistance actually has positioned you for promotion. It has. Resistance has positioned you for promotion. Tension has positioned you for advancement. Is my zipper down? What are you laughing at? What's going on here? You just having a good time? Huh? Is it the joy of the Lord? Come on, if I had something on my face, would you tell me? Come on now, would you tell me? Come on now. Gotta ask. Gotta ask. Listen, I'll tell you this. Listen, the prophetic ain't polite. It's not, it's not. See, and I'll say stuff, we'll mix it up. If you're religious, you'll be out of here by nine. Oh, sorry, 908, my bad. I'll tell you this. A lot of times in the church, we walk in what's called unsanctified mercy. And when we don't speak the truth in love, we're actually responsible for the mistakes of others, right? For instance, if I had a booger, would you tell me? If I had something in my nose, would you tell me? Or would you just be like? <laughs> you see, we have people walking around with stuff out, hanging off, unzipped, and the spirit all over the place. I'm just painting a picture. I see people all the time, I'm like, hey, fly down. And they're like, oh, thank you. How many other people did they walk by that saw that? They were like, oh my God, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to be the guy. <laughs> if you see it, you're the guy. You're just like, oh, my God. <laughs> you with me? Yeah. It happens in the church, though. Yeah. We'll see somebody with a whatever acting a certain way. You're like, oh, that's... And so we're just going, hey, listen, you know, you, you got something here. Let's go talk about this thing and get you cleaned up. That's being your brother's keeper. That's where discipleship, mentoring, and the truth and love comes in. Because otherwise, you got people walking out into the world with toilet paper prophetically hanging out of their pants. (laughs) With a big old sanctified t-shirt, and you wonder why nobody wants to come in. You know what I'm saying? In other words, let's help each other get it together. You know? I mean, seriously. And if this makes you uncomfortable, I'm sorry. I'm not really. But I'll pretend to be Sorry. (laughs) Because listen, we just got, listen, time is short, so we gotta say it the way it is, yeah. okay? A lot of times I tell you, we, we, we do, we we're like, I don't wanna make them feel awkward. I'll tell you what's more awkward, walking a half a mile with toilet paper hanging on your pants. Yeah. We got to be able to keep short short accounts of people. And by the way, you know I'm talking about spiritually, prophetically. When you when the Lord allows you to see things on people, that say, you know what? If they saw what I saw, they would want to take. They'd want somebody to tell them. They want somebody to take care of that. Have you ever seen somebody do something like, ooh, that was not pretty. <laughs> kind of slimy. Best thing you could do. Because guess what? If you don't tell them, guess what? Next Sunday, oh, it's more slimy. They're coming, asking, help. You become their mirror. You begin to be able to step into their life and say, hey, listen, I'm gonna help you grow up into all things to him who is Christ Jesus. Because then the next time they find themselves in their mirror, they're like, I love what I see because I see him and not me. Jeremy sang it. Jeremy sings all my messages. this place, in this place, you have been often pulled back beyond what you feel you can bear emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, and relationally. Anybody been pulled back? Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially, relationally. These are often the areas where our character is tested. Hear this. It's in the pulling back that you're pulled into the fire. These are the area, often the areas where our character is tested so that when we do spring forward, we are positioned to not just take the ground that is ahead, but to occupy the ground that has been taken to settle that ground and then take more ground, not only ahead, but also to the left and to the right. God gave me the scripture for you, Isaiah 54, two through three. This is a season to enlarge, say enlarge, the place of your tent. Say it's time to enlarge the place of my tent. It didn't say enlarge your tent. See, a lot of times we got people going out just getting bigger tents that don't have the property to put their tent on. Enlarge the place. See, first you have to enlarge your geographical authority, your sphere of influence. Enlarge the place of your tent. And then as you enlarge the place of your tent, let them, who's them? Who's them? Others. See, if you'll enlarge your place, God will send you help. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. You see, God has assigned Aaron and hers to your life and to your ministry, just like he did Moses. Remember in Exodus 17, Moses sends out Joshua to fight the Amalekites. In Deuteronomy 25, we're told about who the Amalekites are. It says they're a backbiting people. They would attack from behind when the army was weary, they were tired. And what they would do is they would pick off the stragglers. And so Moses sent Joshua to take him out, but Moses' hands got heavy in what he held. And hear this word. If your hands become weary and what you're holding, the temptation is to hand off what you've been given. And there's not a greater offense to God that could ever be done. What God has placed in your hand belongs in your hand. And if you'll hold on to it and not let go, God will send the necessary resources to hold up your arms to where you will no longer get weary. Oftentimes we think, well, maybe it's time to hand off what I've been given to somebody else and let them take it the next leg of the race. Listen, there is a spiritual baton. There is a generational passing, but I'm telling you this. It's not when your hands grow weary from what they're holding. It just is that time, the responsibility and the authority has become so great that you move beyond one putting a thousand to two putting 10 and three putting 20 because it's a time to tr- take ground in a place of rest, revelation, and relationship. And I'll tell you, if you can give yourself to rest, to revelation, and to relationship, God will grant you authority and advancement in this season. But here's the hard part. This is my hard part. A lot of times when I'm holding on to something, I'm holding on to something. And I, now this is different than what John was talking about in terms of letting go. This is something God, giving, God is saying, listen, hang on to this, okay? Here's the thing we have to get better at receiving help from others. Here's what happens, we make prayers in private. God, I'm just believing for you to come through, whether it's finances or a job or breakthrough or relationship, then all of a sudden we go out and the Lord sends assistance. Somebody says, hey, listen, the Lord put on my heart to write you a check for $500. Oh, no, not me, brother. Send it to the orphans. Listen, God's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the orphans. And I want to tell you this. There are prayers that God is answering in this house that a false humility is keeping individuals from receiving the answer to their prayer. I'm not personalizing it, but if it just hits your heart, next time someone comes to you, say, there may be something to this. Thank you. Thank you. Because what you've done is when someone says, the Lord spoke to me and they said, I'm supposed to do this for you. We say, oh no. What you're saying is, I've got this. I don't need your help. Not recognizing it's God who is our helper. And he owns the cattle on a thousand hills and he just sold one and gave this guy the commission to come bring to your table. I'll tell you, If we can get better at receiving from others, we will get better at receiving from him. It's about making room enough to receive the blessing that he wants to bring. So it's time to enlarge the place of your tent. It's time to let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Here's the word. Do not spare, lengthen and strengthen lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited but it starts with you enlarging the place of your tent how does that start it starts with desire someone has a piece of property and all of a sudden they've been walking the property they've built on the property all of a sudden one day they're like hey really like that next lot. It starts with you. And then all of a sudden you take action based on that desire. There are desires that God is giving you to enlarge the place of your tent that he's already positioned help to come alongside of you, that they will begin to stretch out your curtains, but they don't have curtains to stretch out until you're willing to enlarge the vision for your place. There's land, that, that there's land that already has your name on it. the Lord told me this. He said, if you'll, if you'll begin to say what you see, not only will you see what you say, but he'll put his name on your note. In other words, I'm saying, you're not going to have to go in debt to do this stuff. God is going to come up with creative strategies and blueprints. It says in Proverbs eight, he up wisdom for the upright. God has an ABC plan. That'll bring you right through. And if you'll follow each step, Listen, I'm telling you, there's going to be influence that's coming to this house through business. God is sending real Josephs to this place to be, to be mentored, to be discipled, people who have a heart for the kingdom, but they've also got a brain for business. They need a place to be grown up into business, not just grown up into worship. There's going to have to be uh, outlets, and maybe like disciple, like on-the-job discipleship or mentoring. I'm telling you, some of you will actually begin to hire some of these guys as assistants, as as like uh, like Joshua's to your Moses. That all that you know, and and they'll they'll shadow you, they'll follow you, and then all of a sudden you'll begin to have not somebody to hand over your company to, but you'll say, hey, you know what? It's time to enlarge the place of our tent. Why don't you go do what I've done there, and here's the capital to begin to start it then they'll begin to just go to whole new places and whole new levels. I'm telling you, God has way more resource than we have vision right now. But if you'll increase your vision, you'll begin to see his resource released as well. I mean, it was amazing, right? When Jeremy decided to make a CD, it was like, you know, money came from everywhere. I mean, people were dropping all kinds of stuff, Rolexes and something, you know, why? Because he acted on a desire of his heart and said, I'm going to do this. And people said, what took you so long? We're going to help you do it. There are people that God has positioned to not only hold up your arms, but also to have your back financially in this coming season. But if you don't have a vision of where you're going, they don't have a back to get behind. Not my message, but let's get back to it. We are, by the way, it's kind of like, um, you know, I love Bob, how Bobby Connor says it. You know, it's kind of, we, we, especially, you know, I, I always talk about, you know, st- uh, there's certain places we just love to come to, storehouses, one of our absolute favorites, and I call it a honey hole because just, there's just this, uh, this, this, ongoing revelation. I remember, you know, I've been with Bobby Connor in places where we, we would do meetings together and be like this. He's like, well, I feel like a mosquito at a nudist colony. <laughs> I know what to do. I just don't know where to start. <laughs> so much fresh meat. By the way, how many of you, this is the first time you heard me? I'm sorry. (laughs) I'd like to say it gets better. It doesn't. We are about to see a slingshot effect released in and through our families, where there has been what felt like overwhelming tension and demonic resistance in times past that will not hurl individuals forward, but families will be launched collectively over the walls of our enemy and our opposition to occupy new territory in the spirit but I'm telling you just like God is not coming to renew streams he's not uh, He's not as much about granting permission to individuals as he is to families in this season yeah. the Lord spoke to me he said, you know, with the whole word that came about may be in a month of permission granted how many of you have some things where you say Lord it would be great for you to give me permission to do this he said it would not be granted to those who say, may I? It would be granted to those who say, may we? The article that came out on the Elijah list today got real specific in terms of how to access this, this permission being granted. i encourage you to go, go look at both of those articles. We've got like eight or nine days left of May. Make the most of May. There are judicial decrees being released in your favor, but here's the problem with decrees. If you don't know about it, it doesn't benefit you right you know I, there's there's lawyers all the time that are looking to peop, looking for people who are recipients of inheritance but they have no forwarding address see we've got to be present to receive the inheritance that God has positioned us for and so we've got to know what's ours and then know how to access the opportunity and the invitation that God has given to us it starts with trusting the Lord and leaning not on our understanding, and we're about to see this slingshot released. Where there has been great resistance, there is coming great release. Where there has been great resistance, there is coming great release. Those of you who have been bent back to what felt like a breaking point, there's about to be released. That's going to cause you not only to break through, but to come over and to overcome. How many of you say, listen, I've been bent every which way. I've been bent but, but not broken. Get ready, get ready, get ready. How many of you want to know how to cut the rope that has been pulling you back? Turn in your Bible to John chapter 20. And man, there's so much more we could talk about tonight, but we'll probably just land here. A wise man once told me, he said, you know, the The heart can only hold what the hind parts can endure. (laughs) Yeah. So we don't want to stretch you. We want to be able to have something that we can act on tonight. And I had a dream yesterday morning. And this dream was actually Chuck Pierce. Uh, We were doing a meeting together. And this is what he said. And And when he said it, we were, we were in a, uh, a large tent revival and it looked like a stadium at first. When you looked at the people, you looked at the stage and he was talking about uh, this team ministry that we're gonna begin to release. Paul, Keith, Chuck, Pierce and myself and we're gonna release team ministry at the end. But he said, before we can move into the place of ministry with eyes to see and ears to hear, God has given me a word. It's an invitation that only you can respond to. You see, only you can give God your heart. Ain't that right, Chad? Only you can give to God what God has given to you. And oftentimes we're looking for somebody else to offer our sacrifice. But only you can give what God has given to you. And this was the invitation. And this is how it was spelled. Because when he said it, all of a sudden it appeared in big, big capital, bold, gold letters. Give me Yo Thomas. G-I-M-M-E-Y-O Thomas. Give me Yo Thomas. And this is what we're going to talk about. Because if we can give up our Thomas, if we can give up our doubt, we can have his double. Gimme, and I have no idea why it came out that way, but that was how it wasn't. Gimme your Thomas. I like that. Gimme your Thomas. In fact, my note says, I don't have John 20. I said, gimme your Thomas. John 20, verse 24 through 29. Let's start in verse 24. Now, Thomas called the twin. Now, if he was called the twin, what does that mean? It must have been one like him, right? Double. How many of you felt like in your bending and in your breaking that you were in a place of trouble? How many of you know there's a land called double? Double. In Zechariah 9:12 it says, Return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today I declare that I will restore double. Hosea. Hosea tells us in Hosea chapter 2 that there's a place in the valley of Achor, a place, uh, a place in this valley of trouble that the Lord will open up a door of great blessing, and it's a door of double, double fruitfulness. It's interesting. Deborah, uh, who was just, just an amazing judge, I'll tell you what's amazing about women is they don't need to be anointed to show up. You look in Judges, right? Samson, anointed by God. I mean, right? Superhuman strength. Gideon, God put him on like a glove. Sent an angel into the sifting floor, pulled him out. Deborah, she just saw a need and she met it. Yes, she was a prophetess. She had understanding of the times. But here's what happened. Judges four, Judges five. Here's what happened. She had a man that she had a man in her uh, in her care named uh, Bar- ba- Balak. And uh, his name meant lightning or flashing sword. Lightning or flashing sword. And here's what happened. She said, hey, listen, there's a great enemy that's coming against us. You need to go out. He said, I'm not going. I'm not going if you don't go. She said, I'm going, but let it be recorded in history that a woman won this battle. (laughs) I'll tell you, there are some command posts in the spirit. That are getting ready to be handed over, not to another gen- generation, but to another gender. Genderation? <laughs> Brand it. I saw what you did there. Tweet that. It's amazing. Genderation.com. We'd get, get, get that. Then come on out. Raise up a whole, a whole generation of Deborahs. And this is how the Lord spoke it to me. John chapter four, Jesus says, hey, listen, don't say four months and then the harvest for the, for the fields are wide. The Lord told me that there are, are, title deeds in the spirit that have been granted to the fields of harvest that right now perspective determines ownership. Not, um, not you occupying that territory in the natural, and you're going to watch How the Lord will begin to remove individuals and He'll begin to reallocate property in the spirit and in the natural. He'll begin to release title deeds, and it's all based on perspective. If you have two people there at the, you know, and when I say auction block, like on the, you know, steps of the courthouse, I'm not talking about a natural, I'm talking about both looking these fields standing before the courts of heaven and one says "Ha, four months in the harvest and then Tracy stands up looks white to me guess who gets it Tracy perspective is everything and I want to tell you it's not just saying it's white to say it's white if you can see it as white if you can see it as ready God will put you on their tractor God will begin to give you their land because God is jealous for the harvest and he's not gonna allow the dragon of our feet to hold them back. It's gonna be Thanksgiving that opens our doors and removes the barriers that the multitudes can come in and begin to enter in to the fullness of God's house and the rest that he's prepared for them. But first we got to give me yo, Thomas. Say, give me yo, Thomas. So Thomas was a twin. He was a double. One of the 12 was not with with them when Jesus came. It said, the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. We've seen him. He's awesome. And my gosh, joy has come back to our heart. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands, the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I, me, mine always ends up in not. James three, it talks about wisdom that's earthly and wisdom that's heavenly. Wisdom that's earthly that ends up being demonic starts out with self-seeking. I want to tell you, whenever, whenever the wisdom that we're operating in begins and what's best for us, we're heading down a demonic path. Wisdom that is demonic begins with self-seeking and becomes sensual. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you're deceived. Wisdom that is of heaven, and you can look at James 3, 13 through 16. Wisdom from above is peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield. You know why? Because its confidence is in him. Its confidence is in the one who is wisdom and not the self-preservation that a carnal wisdom tries to pull us into. So Thomas was trying to seek self. Now, keep your finger there and turn with me to 1 John 1. I'm just going to read four verses here because I want to tell you that you're a witness. I want to tell you what you're a witness of. So when we pray for you tonight, you know what you're going to get. Right? How many of you want eyes to see? How many ears to hear? How many of you are willing to believe even if you don't see? I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of the ways to do it. 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1, it says we've been begotten again by a living hope, verse 3, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away because it's been reserved in heaven forever. You And see, we the, much of the church has preached that that's our salvation, that when we someday, you know, the great by and by, when we go up in the ascension, yada, yada, yada. But I'm telling you, my Lord told me to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that means if there's an inheritance reserved in heaven and the kingdom comes, my inheritance comes with the kingdom. Because I'm a son. And the father loves the son and shows him all things he himself is doing. Even greater works than these of a male marvel, John 5.20. You see, God does not reserve the scene of what God is doing for the prophets. He gives it to the sons. But it's perspective. How do you see yourself? If I was a prophet, I would. No, you're a son, so you do. So he says there's an inheritance that's been reserved in heaven for us. And then it says that if need be, we've been grieved by various trials. You know why? Because it was needed that for a season we be grieved by various trials because anything received too easily is also quickly lost. And God has been building almost kind of a spiritual fortitude within his people, that when we lay hold of the promise and the promise lays hold of us, we will not quickly lose what has taken a long time to receive. It's by grace, it's not by works, but the Lord has brought us through a process called purging and refinement. And this is why it said that we had, it said, if need be, you're agreed by various trials, that the reason, that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold. Why? Because it's refined in fire. And then it says, having not seen him, the one who has promise, yet believing you rejoice believing you rejoice, believing you rejoice. Folks, I'm telling you, if we can begin to rejoice in what we're believing for, if we can begin to praise God in the absence of natural evidence, natural evidence will come to a supernatural perspective. If you will say what you see, you will see what you say. It says, having not seen yet believing, we rejoice with joy joy unspeakable and full of glory you want to know how to receive joy because joy's here it's about uncapping that well it says in Isaiah 12 3 that with joy you'll draw water from the wells of salvation healing and deliverance see joy is a bucket joy is a tool by which you draw from the goodness of God but here's one of the ways to access joy rejoice in what you believe what do you believe about God he's good start there listen you could have a praise party right there couldn't you He's what? He's cool. cool. Dodo said he's cool. What else? He's faithful. Listen, I'll tell you, joy's all over that right now. Listen, and we're about to have an outbreak of joy tonight because you're going to begin to see, you're going to begin to hear, but it's in rejoicing. Believing, rejoicing will release joy unspeakable and cause you to be full of glory. But see, Thomas says, I'm not going to believe unless I see. I'm not going to believe unless I see it with my eyes and hear it with my ears. First John 1 tells you this. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us, who is Jesus, that which we have seen and heard, we declare to you. You know what I'm saying? We tell you about Jesus. This is what John the Beloved, the one who, who had a greater revelation of the Lord's love than anybody. He said, you know, what? you know what we do? We tell people about Jesus. That's what we do. As the Beloved, we tell people who he is. We talk about his name. We heal him. We prophesy. We cast out devils in his name. And we introduce him to the best friend they'll ever have.